Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so happy to have you join me once again. I'm so excited to have this guest on my show. I can't wait to introduce him. Um, but before I do, I just wanted to thank you for joining me. And if this is your first time joining me for the show with me and my guest, I want to let you know that you are in the right place to be educated, empowered, entertained, and inspired because the deal of this show is to get you to be fearless and authentic, to live the most fearlessly authentic life that you possibly can. Because in my opinion, why are we here every single day? And we're going to talk about that today and being fearless and authentic because it's not so easy and we are forever evolving. So I would love to hear from you, love getting your emails, love getting the feedback from all of you on the show. So please continue to share, subscribe, review, and we have a five-star rating. And I love that. I want to keep it as a five-star rating. I want to keep giving you information and excited to be on here every single week with all of you. So here we go. We're going to get right into the show. Okay. Joining me today is Mr. Seth Bailey. Hello, That's Seth. Me. Hello, Jody. <laughs> we are finally doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally doing this after talking about it for a while. Um, Seth, I don't have your formal resume in front of me or your bio. <laughs> oh, and every good. week. So <laughs> Seth is my virtual assistant, also known as a VA, but we've become more than just VA and client. And um Normally, before every show, I, I usually text him maybe five minutes before the show and say, I, I need the bio. I need the bio, right? <laughs> yeah, that, every once in a while. Yeah. You usually have it. But. So, um, Seth, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I mean, I don't even know where to start, Jody. Yeah, so I'm your VA. I've been doing <laughs> that for over six months. It's been like... I like think since... December is going to be a year. That's right. So, uh, so yeah. So, goodness coming up on 10 months then that we would have been working together. And so I guess going into our 10th month and um, yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you like being my VA? I like being your VA a lot, actually. Um, it's uh, it's different than any of the other work that I do um, as a oh, VA. Really? Yep. Yep. Um, it's way more personal uh, than um, a lot of the other people that I've worked with, um, or that I'm working with right now, I, some of the people I've worked with before, literally was as like a personal assistant. So, right. um, but, um, yeah, like, cause I don't know, I'm just feel like I'm more invested in a lot of the stuff that you have going on than it's not Thank like you. just business emails business, and, right. and stuff like that. So, um, I know you text me a lot earlier than any of my other. I know. I'm do, sorry. But. So <laughs> I'm, I'm on the East coast and Seth is on the West coast. And so I wake up every morning and I don't know if any of you are like this, but I wake up there with a start. 
like my most productive time is first thing in the morning and Seth is still sleeping. So or busy with his children. He's married with three children and his little one, Fern, gets on here all the time. Usually when we have our conversations, the other two, older two, are in school. And, um, you know, I'm sorry about that, but we're trying to figure, we're working on it. I have my phone on do not disturb. Don't worry. I don't wake up or anything. I figured figured as much, Um, but that's, and it's funny because I am, you know, not to talk about age a little bit, but, you know, when I grew up, we didn't have all of these things. I am, you just turned 33, right? Or yes. 34, yeah, right? 33. Mm-hmm. So, and I'll be 62, which is the same age as your mom. Yes. So is it weird? Um, I, first of all, I didn't know that working with me, it was a little bit more person, personal sure. than mm-hmm. the other people. So, I don't know. That kind of makes me feel a little special here. Uh, (laughs) um, But is it weird, interesting to work with somebody who is the same age as your mom or understanding like when I have technical difficulties, like not able, not being able to sign a document and I need you to go Mm -hmm. on there to help me. Sure. Uh, Does that sound familiar to what maybe your mom goes through or what are Um, the similarities? Yeah, so it's definitely, it puts a good framing point for me um, to be able to say, to understand a lot of where you're coming from on most Mm -hmm. things. So like if there's, um, again, like technologically or anything, something that you're like, I'm struggling with this or just something that's going on, I can always just kind of have that frame of reference. Like, okay, well, does my mom, would my mom know how to do this Mm -hmm. or things like that? And that's fine. I don't mind. Like, I know that sometimes you worry if about me having to tell you something more than once or like, like you're like, oh, you've already showed me how to do this. Right. And, but it's just like, uh, I mean, my whole life professionally was doing that kind of stuff also no. for people who are even older than you <laughs> uh, a lot of the time. And so um, not to say that you're old, but like actual old people. Right. No, I understand and, that. Some so, people would consider me old, but I just feel like I'm older and it yeah. is sometimes challenging living in this digitally charged life that's very technical, which is one of the reasons I needed to hire you because it that kind of stuff was really bogging me down. But I wouldn't want to work with anybody that was my age because unless they were very, um, uh, what's the right word? They, if they knew how to do this stuff. So I knew that I had to work with somebody much, much younger than me. And I just didn't know if that was a challenge for you, an extra challenge. Like, do I pay you more because I'm older? Um, you know what I mean? Like, do no, those things. there's no, okay. there's no senior rate or anything. Okay. We don't charge you extra. I know I should probably that. get an AARP AARP <laughs> discount. <laughs> we we need to talk to Lorna about yeah, that. Yeah, I've talked to Lorna about <laughs> yeah. that. That's a Lorna thing. But but you're very patient. So let's go back to you. Grew up in Idaho, Oregon. So I grew up in Oregon, which is where you're living now. Which is where I live now. Yeah. So I grew up in Oregon through high school, and then I went to college in a little a little private Christian college called uh, Boise Bible College. So I tell oh, people- In Boise, I, I, right. Yeah, in Boise, in Idaho. And so I tell people I went to school in Idaho, in Boise, and people will assume I went to Boise State, which mm. makes sense because most mm-hmm. people who say they went went there. And um, But I went there for four years and I got a bachelor's degree in biblical studies and a minor in um, family ministry. And so 
from then on for the next 10 years or so, I worked in churches um, and I worked in every kind of job you could imagine. So like I worked janitorial through being the head pastor of a church and in doing all of it. And so, and then little kids nursery through kids in college and developing stuff for them, running summer camps with like over 150 kids at those, like being in charge of them from like Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday evening until Friday morning, like 24 hours a day on those. And so, yeah, just. So you were working with children Mm -hmm. of all different ages, sort of mentoring them with a religious background so yes. they were in the church, right? Yeah. So um, a majority of kids who would come to camps and everything were not necessarily from churches. Um, mm-hmm. Just like as a, like a, I mean, obviously like we were teaching like stuff, like tr- teaching Christian stuff and everything going through the, uh, the Bible and everything. But also just for me, always just a real important thing to have it be something that kids actually wanted to come to and have fun doing that. So we would have kids who weren't uh, church kids um, mm-hmm. coming in like and repeat like every summer would be coming in and, and wanting to do stuff. And so um, I really like doing that kind of thing, like making up games and and uh, like that kind of stuff. So I don't know. So it's kind of set you up. So I'm I grew up Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of kids that went to like the Jewish camps and they did get a little bit of religious. So Shabbat, the Sabbath learning about the Sabbath, learning about all the different holidays and so on, but they didn't have to be Jewish. Like you did not have to be Jewish to do this. It sounds like similar situation where you did get some religious background, but it didn't mean that you had to be of that faith. No, no. And so, yeah. And I think that probably in the same way with like the, the Jewish camps in that it, we of course would look at it as a way to like hopefully be able to reach kids in a way Spiritually, where, you know, maybe. spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like for me, it's been a lot of like connections and having those um, continued relationships with people as they grow up. And so like mm-hmm. now kids that were my youth kids before are like having their own kids and everything and being able to see that and still stay in contact with them. And like, I'll go to movies with some of the kids who have grown up now Um that are in the area that I live. And so it's just really cool to be able to know that I know you've had impacts on people's lives. Right. And it's kind of taken the pressure off of me like in life because I'm like, well, I know at least I've already had some positive impact on people. So so I can be like, "Eh," the rest of it is like, well, I know the, the impact on the younger generation is really important for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, as you're a parent, I'm a parent and influencing them and impacting them with morals and treating people and themselves with respect is mm-hmm. very, very important. And you were young when you were doing this because you're 33 and you have three children and are married. So you've, yeah. you're, you've done a lot and you're young in your young age already. And so do you, so when you got out of school, were you, and you were doing all these things, were you, you said you were a pastor. 
right? Sure. So that mm-hmm. is so, that what you graduated well, with or what, how did that? And then you moved, right? Yeah. So um, pastor even like, uh, it's so silly, like all the denominational stuff and everything mm. that gets pulled into all this stuff. I know. Like See, some, we just have a rabbi. Yeah. So like some churches, <laughs> some churches would be able, would say like, yes, yeah, Seth, you're a pastor, just meaning that like you're a leader in the church. Like, so mm-hmm. you're helping guide people along. Whereas like other churches would be like, no, a pastor is only this person. And like, and you have to have special schooling and stuff. And so then, oh. I don't know. So, so at some school, at some churches, I was the pastor. Some churches, I was the middle school guy. That was a, okay. a I, I took that title myself. They were like, the biggest church I'd ever worked at, they were, it was, I only worked with middle schoolers and mm. my position was middle school, the director of middle school ministries. And I was like, I'm not going to say that all the time. <laughs> and so I had them change my, my door, like uh, instead it said the middle school guy and stuff. And so, because like uh, I'm also saying- like, like, I don't know how important you have to think you are to have a title like that also, <laughs> where it's like, you have to have that many words to work with six to eighth graders. It just doesn't seem right to me. So I just want to point something out. Like you're very humble, like in all the conversations that we've had, you're very, very humble. Do you think, I almost think you're humble to a fault at times. Do you feel that you are? Yes, I do think so. Um, My wife and my mom both tell me that all the time. Mm. Um, There's, I've, I've always said that there's two compliments I'll take. Mm-hmm. um wholeheartedly without like being like well I don't know about that um one is that I th- I think I'm funny so I don't care so if people say I'm funny then I'm okay with that because I also think I'm funny wait uh, wait stop wait hold that thought okay, okay. you think you're funny yeah okay I never you don't strike me as a really funny person that's fine right but <laughs> I think I'm funny mm-hmm. and nobody else thinks I'm funny except when I'm drinking tequila with my daughter and maybe sure. she might think I'm funny. Sure. Um, every once in a while, my hu- husband will say, you know what? You're a funny chick. You're mm-hmm. a funny chick. I go funny. Like, ha ha. Could you stand up or funny? Like I just make you laugh. So uh, do you think, okay, so go ahead. So people, you, you know, you're funny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I think I'm funny and people have, t- <laughs> and enough people have told me that I'm funny. So like I grew up, I mean, this wouldn't be surprised. Cause like you have to be up in front of people doing church stuff all the time but like I did plays and everything in high school like big theater kid um and so like I I always like to do that kind of stuff and even now like finding different avenues for it like a YouTube channel where I put out videos that I think are funny and stuff like that and um so so there's that one and then people have told me that I have pretty eyes and I'll take that one too, because I have no control over what my eyes look like. So I'll be like, sure, I can take that too. I can't tell. I mean, I don't think I've, I don't I know d- if it would even, they're, I don't even they're, know. They're very blue. I don't. They really, are. I couldn't, I didn't even know you had blue, blue eyes. Okay. Good. They you look brown. Have done this on your show before, Jody? No, we've never done yeah, this okay. and you're editing so. this. So um, you're, I thought your eyes were brown. So that's okay. Yeah. That's weird. But I always, t- I always told you from the very beginning, you have beautiful hair. You have said that. Now that hasn't always been the truth. It's kind of I've reached a point now where it's looking more put together, but 
it was, was very kind of splotchy and stuff for quite I, a few I years think there. So I'm glad this is turning into the Seth show. So maybe you're not, no, only kidding. I'm only kidding. But um, no, you are humble. Whenever I've given you a compliment, you've always, you're always kind of quiet about things, except if we're talking about your hair or your eyes and now sure. how things funny you are. control over. Yeah, right. You can say right. those things. Oh, and, yeah. and the hilarity of Seth. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, do you think that being involved with children at different ages and different stages of their lives prepared you to be a dad and be, was being a dad something you always wanted? Did you always want a family? Yeah, I, I always, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever really thought about if I've always wanted to have kids. Um, I think it just kind of was something I thought would happen. And so I was mm-hmm. just kind of ready for it to happen mentally. Like it wasn't like, I can't wait for the day. I just assumed it would happen sometime. I do think that being around kids does help in a lot of ways because especially being around kids of a bunch of different ages, I think it's really easy for us to forget how hard it is to be a kid at all stages Mm -hmm. um, because everything's new for kids all the time. So like when a baby is born, um, you go from being in an environment where you're never hungry, you're never cold, you never have get tired because you get to just do all these things whenever you want, you're getting fed. And then all of a sudden you pop out and you're instantly cold. You instantly are pooping. You instantly are. And it's just all these things that at first you're like, oh, like this is just what's like forever. But then you learn, oh, things go away. Things get better. And the same goes like as you get older and the first time you like have your heart broken, you're like, well, I guess that this, that was the one person that was going to love me. And now they don't love me. And so now I'm going to be alone forever. And so, and that's all real feelings because you yes. don't know. Yes. And so like, that's kind of helped me with my kids then be able to acknowledge that they're at those stages. And then also working with kids, changing diapers before I had right. a kid right. was good. So I'm not one of those dads that was, I mean, obviously I just went and changed a diaper. It got right. cut out, I think, right. but, uh, right. but I yes. just went and changed a diaper <laughs> mid show yes. um, because, you know, it's just something that, you should do. I mean, if you're raising kids with somebody, like there are times where you are the one that changes diapers. Absolutely. And I don't, I, I don't believe in like keeping like an even tally of anything. Cause there's like, things are back Do you and think forth most men, you're a stay at home dad. So you do this mm-hmm. business virtually and you're stay at home dad. And you, I met, I've met almost everybody. I just haven't met your son yet. Yeah. Colson. Sure. Yes. And do you, are there any other dads that you know that are stay at home? And is it, is, do you uh, feel like when you go to school and you're the dad there, how sure. do you feel about being a stay at home dad? Um, I don't, I can't think of off the top of my head, mm-hmm. any other stay at home dads that I know that I'm like close with. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty involved at the school or try to be, and there are, are always more moms than there are dads. Um, just involved in general. And I don't know, it's, it, it feels like it kind of puts you in a position where you have a unique say in different things, but also you have to be careful not to, I have to be careful not to just assume that what I'm thinking or feeling about something is automatically like what everybody else is feeling. I mean, you should always not do that. Right. But then, I agree. Also, but then, um, when it comes to 
at the school specifically, because it's just like moms are going to have a different point of view on things than like what I might think is what we should do. So I always need to make sure to be checking in with other people and, and making sure that like, I'm not pushing things in a direction that I don't know. It's tough. I was a stay at home mom. Yeah. So um, I, it's, it's tough. There are a lot of very pushy people that are there in the school system. Sure. And then they're the laid back ones. I was somewhere in the middle. I wasn't the pushy mom. I definitely was not. I know you might think that I would have been, but I really wasn't. Um, I just wanted to make sure my kids were getting educated well and they were behaving properly in school. Or they were doing their homework and getting a good education, whatever they did. That was extra on top of that, either at school or at home, you know, that was just the cherry on top, but mm-hmm. you know, you go to school, you learn, and then we, we let you fly off into the world. And hopefully you're not calling us 20 million times a day. So, um, but it is, it's definitely, I think, a challenging thing. And also, you know, finding your way in that world with the other stay-at-home parents, whether they're mostly women or not. And does your wife ever, do you think your wife ever is a little jealous. Like if there's another mom that you talk to more oh, about school no. stuff, she doesn't seem to <laughs> no. like your wife seems very no. cool. My okay. wife is like the least jealous person that um, I've ever met. Yeah. She seems she's super very cool. secure. And um, mostly if I'm talking about anybody else, it's just like, Ugh, this is going <laughs> every once in a while, there'll be usually, and that's not fair. There I mean, are a lot was, of people that, that I will, made me laugh. <laughs> there's a lot of people that will come out of meetings and be like, I'm sure glad that person's here because they're very helpful. And mm. but more often, more often, if I'm saying something to her about something that's been going on with somebody, it's like, oh no, this again. <laughs> so now, why why did you um take on this job as a virtual assistant? How sure. long have you been doing this? Why did you want to do it? Did it seem to just be a good fit because you felt you were an organized person and you had children at home? So it was, you know, was it during the pandemic? When did you stop being a pastor and decide to take on this role? Yeah. So um, are these good questions? I think so. I mean, they're all about me, Jody. So I think they're great questions. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to switch that. This is your last question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I definitely thought when I started being a pastor, I was going to do that forever. Like that was the plan. But then that was like three jobs before I finally stopped being a pastor. And it's just kind of like a, I mean, there's a lot of people involved who are very strong opinions and it's very like money sensitive. Like you can lose your job, like be laid off, especially in the positions I was working in, like with kids, you're like the first one to go mm-hmm. because of just choices. And so I had moved, we had moved like three times in four years and our kids were starting school and our oldest had gone to three schools in three years. That's tough. And I decided I didn't want to do that to Mm -hmm. her. And so we were, we were living, we live in this small town and I had decided that I wasn't really fitting what the church had asked me to do. Like, because I started working in November of 2019, and then three months later or four months later, the pandemic hit. Right. And so we kind of got through the the big part of that. And, and then in August of 2020, no, 2021 is when I uh, stepped down from that position. Okay. And I needed to find work. Right. And 
my sister-in-law had been doing virtual assistant work and she was like, well, you should apply through this. Um, can't remember what it's called, but it's like this, this in-between company and they will help you find people and get you work and they can help you with it and everything. And so I did that for a couple months. And then she decided that she wanted to kind of start doing her own thing. And she was like, why don't you come and work with me? And so I started doing that. And it was a lot of it was my wife really likes to do what she does. She, mm-hmm. um, she makes coffee is what she loves doing that stuff. She likes to be a barista. And so she works at a local coffee shop. And so I didn't want her to have to stop doing that. And we have our three-year-old. And mm-hmm. so is like, okay, so I need to try to find something. And so before I landed on virtual assistant, it was like, what well, do I find a night shift somewhere? I was looking right. at like hotel, um, like lobby people and, and stuff and uh, security stuff and all kinds of different jobs until finally landed on, on this. And I was actually out of work for a couple months, but like, it was really important to me that those things were what happened. Cause I have moved our family all over the place for my job. And I didn't want to, like, it's not just me who is living here and having to deal with those things. Exactly. It affects everybody. Mm -hmm. And you, I'm sure your wife, knowing that you're home, taking care of the kids. I mean, obviously she's very involved in the upbringing of of, of your entire family as well. But knowing that you're doing something that you enjoy, that's bringing money in. I mean, we have to we have to do things that we enjoy. And so one of the things that that I wanted to ask you that we talked about was, you know, everybody has a specific personality and we're talking about yours a few minutes ago. And Mm -hmm. so getting into being a virtual assistant, which I think is a great job if you are organized and if you are like, I could never be a virtual assistant. Correct. There's people who need virtual assistants and there's people that can be virtual assistants and right, we both right. need each other. So yes, we do. We do. I really needed you guys because I was just too overwhelmed and I still get very overwhelmed. So when, is there anybody that you've ever worked for that you just didn't feel like your personalities vibed well and that this wouldn't necessarily be a good match or do you try to, um, alter your personality a bit and mirror them a bit. So they feel, sure. so there feels like a better connection. Yeah. How does that work for yeah. you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, again, kind of, again, to a fault, like you're, um, I am a people pleaser. And so like, I don't like it when, like, if I ever think you're unhappy with me, Jody, my wife knows that I think you're unhappy. Oh, <laughs> so, I'm the same way. Oh, I'm a people. Wait, you're not the firstborn though. No, I am. Yep. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a younger oh. brother who's oh, right. He's the 16. one who's married. Yep, right. He's married to Lorna. Yep. Right. And, right. I forgot. Okay. And so, uh, so we're the book. For, so that makes sense that we're the firstborn. That mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Okay. So I, um, so I like to try to have, if, if there's a problem going on, my first instinct is to always think that it's something that I'm doing. Me that's too. like, oh, I'm doing something. And that's why I'm, maybe I don't get along or maybe I'm not being understanding enough. But there have been a couple uh, people and it's also trying to gauge because like if you're just getting started with somebody, virtual assistant stuff, like Lorna was telling me that it's like a year and a half before you really, really get it down and everything. And so like, which is, I mean, there's been times where like, there's been a lot going on for you and like trying to be like, and 
maybe we aren't communicating as well as we should. And that becomes a source of frustration for both of us. And so then, but then it's also like, if Lauren is saying we're supposed to be a year and a half, it's like, well, okay, we're not there yet. And I do think that we're definitely way better at it than we used to be. But anyway, get back to your, your Absolutely. question. Absolutely. Yes. Right. It's not about me. It's about you, Seth. Go ahead. <laughs> no, <but laughs> getting back to your question though. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. I, cause because of your show, like I edit videos for your show every week. So I'm always hearing what people think it is to be fearlessly authentic. And some people's answers I like better than other people's answers. And, right. everything. and I can say that cause it's not my show. So you, you love everybody's answer. I know you do. Now I can I say some people's answers. I'm like, I don't know about that, <laughs> but I was, but I also have, can never settle on like what I would say. It's like, I know what I would say if Jody asked me, but I'm always like, it's a different thing every week. But uh, I think that, like you were saying, the idea of having to change and maybe kind of put different parts of ourselves more in front in mm -hmm. different relationships, I think helps us be able to work with people that maybe on the surface we might not think we could. Mm. And realizing that there are things we have in common with people, like pretty much anybody, you can find something that you have in common, I, a point. I, yeah, I completely agree because in my business training, which I'm going to be retiring yeah. from this week, um, training women one-on-one -on -one is that if I didn't feel that immediate connection, I I dig real deep to find it. If if I feel like, you know, I'm going to be able to help this woman because if I can't find that connection, it is hard to create a relationship yeah. and everything in business, especially being an assistant or being a trainer where you're very intimate um, in the things that you talk about. And I mean, you get to see everything like you, you know, you, you're open to almost everything. I'm like an open book mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to trust that person and you have to allow them to come in and ask the questions that, that are important for them to be able to help you because as a trainer, as a coach, my job is to inspire and motivate and, and make sure they stay safe while they're training. And your job is to make my life easier. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that's it. That's it. It's pretty much it. And I think that sometimes, I don't know if it's like a, just like a thing in the culture right now, but like the idea even of, like some people might look at that and say that you're not being genuine mm -hmm. or you're not being, like if you're having to change anything about yourself at any time, then it's like you're not being real or authentic to who right. you are. Whereas I think that like it's all a part of me. Like it, every every relationship that I have with someone is different. And no one part of those relate not not one specific relationship is like more important than a different like any of the other ones. Like the way I talk to my mom is different than the way I talk to my brother, which is different than the way I talk to my dad, which is different than the way I talk to you, which is the different than the way I talk to my kids. But those are all real and those are all genuinely part of who I am. Um, but there are things I will say to my brother. I will not say to my wife. There are things right. that I won't say to my kids, but it doesn't make it any less authentic, authentic and or I real. Think, right. Yeah. And so I think that that's just the, being authentic to yourself doesn't mean that it's all of yourself all of the time. And I think that if, if everybody around you has to change to fit you being 100% you all the time, mm. then that's pretty selfish. That's what I would say. I That's a really good point. 
I do feel that, unfortunately, I do know people like that who don't feel that they need to change in order to have a relationship, friendship, whatever it is with somebody else. You know, you hear those people say, well, accept me for I am or go screw yourself. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Seth doesn't swear either. So no, that's not true. I don't swear at you. I've never heard you swear in front of me. I'm working, Jody. This (laughs) is a professional relationship. (laughs) For you, it's fine. You're paying. You can swear all all you want. As long as you're not swearing at me. No, I just always feel bad. I'm like, oh my God. And even when I say, oh my God, I'm saying, should I not say, oh my God? You know, should I say, oh my gosh? So you're fine. Uh, It's really funny. Don't worry. Every job I've ever worked, people just assume I don't swear. And so it's all right. Well, you give off that like angelic vibe, you know, being. Well, thank you. (laughs) From like Idaho and Oregon and then being a minister or pastor and, you know, anyway. That was something. Yeah. People treat you different when they know that that's what you do for a living. And so they almost want to give you the sign of the cross, right? Well, you'll meet somebody and it's, I feel like it's the same as being a dentist where someone will say like, oh, don't, oh, I go to church though. I go to church. It's just not your church. Yeah. I'm floss. I I have a dentist. It's just not you. And it's like, I don't, that's great. I'm glad, but like, we can just talk about other things. It's like, that's not, which was a thing that I was actually really kind of relieved to get rid of when I stepped away from being a pastor, because that had just become such a big part of who I was, even like what I thought about myself. And like, I more so wouldn't allow myself to get involved in different things, to have opinions on things that were important where I thought were important, but like, I wouldn't share them because I didn't want to cause strife. Like when I'm not supposed to, cause like, right. that's one of my, one of my favorite teachings is like, Hey, the best you can do. You're supposed to try to be at peace with everybody. And that's mm. one that people tend to forget. Uh, it's not a fun one. It's not, right. <laughs> so, no, it's but, not a fun one. Well, <laughs> I, I can relate to that because when I moved to the town that I live in right now and everybody, you know, I opened up my studio here and so I would meet people at a restaurant or a bar or whatever. And they're like, oh, let me tell you what I eat. And can you tell me yeah. like, if that is okay. And like, I work out seven days a week and I do cardio for three hours a day. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I'm not judging you. If you'd like to speak to me in private, let's talk. But like here now, you don't need to tell me like what you're doing for your workout, because mm-hmm. I trust that whatever you're doing is because you want to do it. Yeah. And it may not be right, but we're not going to get into it right now. Yep. But it is very true. And so going back to the changing of our personalities, I do mm-hmm. think that it's also a gift that we you made a really good point of saying that you have different relationships with everybody. That doesn't mean that you're not being authentically Seth. You are still being yourself. You just have with each relationship your personality might tweak a little bit based on the relationship that you have with them. Yeah. And I think, I think most people, I think successful people will do that, but not to a point where you're not being truthful to yourself. When you stop standing in your truth, when you're not, when you're like, wait a minute, where am I? Wait, wait, wait a minute. I don't even know who I am anymore because I've changed so much for everybody in my life to be comfortable with me because I am a lot. We know that I'm a lot, Sure, you know, um, (laughs) that what I found that I had to quote unquote, dim the lights to make somebody else feel comfortable. That's when I used to get upset with myself Mm. and, you know, 
I did that when I sold eyeglasses where I had to change the way I look and change the way I dress. And, you know, one of the things about being, doing what I do, being in the fitness industry is that I still had to deal with people who judged me and I, I would still try to tweak because I am a people pleaser, but I'm finally at my age. I'm finally, you know, I take it like this is me and I do have the attitude take me or leave me. This is who I am. And I'm not causing any harm in the world. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, this is who, this is who I am. And I think that's what it's like. You either connect with that personality or not. Right. But you have to be yourself. Yeah. And I think it's almost sometimes we, I mean, as a people pleaser, we, I think that we kind of take those paths of least resistance early on, Mm -hmm. but all it does is just set us up later it to does. get something that's worse or bigger. Cause then like you eventually you can't keep it up forever. Otherwise you'll be miserable. And so if somebody, well, there's is a reason getting, we're a people pleaser. If you listen to my podcast with Lisa Romano a few weeks ago, yeah, yeah I'm sure you'll listen to that because yep. you edit all these. Yeah, so I do. It's, um, it's uh, very interesting, but we're not Lisa Romano and we don't have that education. So we're not going to go no, there, we don't. But, <laughs> no. but, it, but it does it's start not. at an early age. And I yeah. think the firstborn, children are more are tend to be more of a people pleaser Mm. than the other ones, the other siblings. So um, it just seems that way. Um, So you wanted to ask me some questions about me. I do have some questions. All right. So let's go. Got on my notepad. All right. Okay. So Jody, uh, because you're always talking about how, I mean, even earlier in this show, you've been saying like, you're, you don't feel you're not old you feel older, like you're older than me. That's just the facts. Right. But chronologically. Yeah. And so, but you say that being old is like a state of mind. And so has that ever been a a place that you have got stuck or have been at before for like a period of time? Yes. So when was that? Um, It happens every once in a while where I just feel like I look around and I go, wow, I'm really like the oldest person here. And it hits me that I really am older than most people and not, it doesn't make me sad or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I'll tell you a funny story. Go for it. So um, I was sick for like two weeks mm-hmm. and um, somebody sent me a text that wasn't supposed to go to me and said, you know, I hope she feels better soon. You know, she's older. And so I called that person out and I said, yo, like just because I'm older doesn't mean I'm like decrepit here. (laughs) So, you know, that um, that happened over the summer. So that was like a weird thing. That was like the first time I'm like, oh, this person's (laughs) like your age. And I'm like, it wasn't one of your kids, was it? No, they would never say that because I think my children already, my children, my grown adult children, um, Like they, they know that I'm really in my mind. Mm. I'm 20 years younger. I'm really like in my forties right now. And that's, that's where I feel. So that just, I have moments and I just let them pass. Yeah. Um, But it is a little, I will tell you that when I do think about my birthday coming up and turning 62, like, you know what, Jode, you are getting a little bit older. Like we can call you older now. Well, and that's something that you were talking about when we were, uh, getting all of the details of shutting down the studio right. and everything. And some, you went out to lunch with somebody and they told you that it's okay for you to say that you're retiring. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was actually, it was a friend and it was my youngest daughter. And she's like, mom, it's okay. You're retiring. And then another friend of mine said, you're retiring and you're recreating who you are. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is, that this is something that I did um, for 33 years, but then really after my divorce, you know, went both feet into it after I realized selling glasses wasn't my thing because all people were asking me about was how to work out. Mm -hmm. So it was, and everything has been a learning process and I've learned, I, I hope my clients know that I've learned so much from them probably more so than they've ever realized it. But yeah, it's um, it's time. And there was a young girl in her 40s who came to see me yesterday. And she said, ah, she's, I think, 42. And she's like, I, I don't know how you've been doing this for so long. She goes, I get tired. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm so happy for you. So all the happiness and the joy is coming back to me. So it it's rejuvenating me and um, kicking me in the butt with a whole new outlook in life. I wasn't yeah. really sad about it, but it, it was, it's, it was a scary decision. Yeah. It's a big change. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that, you know, you sh- uh, in changing my career, like last year and everything, it was, a, it was a scary thing to do. And yeah. it, it makes you think about like, when was the last time I actually did something that was scary? Now, I know you tried to do stuff pretty regularly that you think yes. is scary, but I think a lot of people go a long time. And like, mm-hmm. so that's when people get out of touch when it comes to like, what it's like to get a job, because right. they've had the same job for 40 years or have moved up yeah. in a company and like, don't understand the pressure and, or how it is now at all. Cause it's way different. And like, and it that's is. another thing, keeping up with how things change. And I, I, I wake up almost every morning or go to sleep every night and think what's going to change so when I look at my life six months from here now or a year, because a year goes by really, really fast, mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I want to be different than I am now and improve Jody doing something that continues to impact people's lives, um, living someplace else near the water, you know, all of these things, but mm-hmm. life will be different yeah. and in, in some way. Well, that Jody, that's another one of my questions that I have for you. Oh, which we're going to pretend like I didn't kind of tell you these questions earlier, but well, uh, I forgot yeah. them already. That's the <laughs> we're thing so good. Seth, as you, you know, it. I forget. You've got it. You've got it subconsciously, Jody. You knew naturally. You're like, here it comes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, but then I derailed it by bringing it up, but you're like, I'm going to softball this one to Seth, but here you go. Okay. <laughs> so but like a year from now, Jody. So let's say, so beginning of October, 2023, what is something? And I want something specific. What's something specific intangible so we can actually hold you to it. I don't want it to be a feeling something that you want to have accomplished in that year. Okay. I'm going to tell you, tell me I am, will be writing my book. So I think the tangible thing will that I will have a book and I will have an ongoing online um, um, fitness business, not, Mm. not necessarily fitness, but it will be an online coaching business um, with a fitness background. Um, but one of the, yeah, so it'll be a book and it will be a business online. And that's scary for me too, a digital business online, which I've never done, which, um, those are two really scary things. I don't, yeah. And we'll see what else comes up. I know that like the book, you shouldn't be worried about. I know that you're going to do just perfectly great at that. Thank you. Don't even worry about it. 
business is always scary for me too. So you, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can be nervous about that if you want, but <laughs> yeah, book, yeah, I'd no, say... I, th- I think, I think I have the right people. And by the way, you'll be very involved in this. Oh, um, I know another reason that I'm yes, nervous about it. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, oh God. Um, no, because it was, it is something because so much of everything that we do is, is online is digital mm-hmm. and people are, have been stepping away from brick and mortar for a long time, especially people in your age, um, you millennials, uh, that, Sorry. yeah, I know it's okay. <laughs> Gave birth to two of them. So it's, what I learned from your generation is how to work smarter, not harder. And when I see people that are my age or older that are still out there working so hard and they don't understand passive, um, passive income, income mm-hmm. that I feel, I feel bad for them because I feel grateful that I'm learning from a younger generation that I'm opening up to a younger generation. I've jumped, you know, people my daughters told me I was too old for TikTok during during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Mom, you can't go. You mom, you are not even allowed to watch TikTok. And now I've got almost 100,000 followers. It's not a lot, but for TikTok, but it you know, I got sure, on there. Sure. I'm on there. Yeah. So, um it's I find it really interesting. So, thank you for your patience and I um I can I will continue to make you crazy. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's never crazy, Jody. Here, here. Let me just. So, with you, the thing that I always have to remember is that if I give things like, because I can be too quick to reply to texts sometimes, and I think it gets me more work sometimes okay. because okay. I think if like if I wait like fifteen minutes on some of the ones that, when it's something that's unexpected, something's right. really come up and you're a little frazzled about it. Usually, if I am away or doing something and then I'll come back and you will have said like, I've already figured this out. Don't worry about it. Whereas if I'm, you have my phone with me and I'm like, okay, what can I do to help? And then eventually you figure it out anyway, even though I was like trying to help. It's like, well, I should have just let Jody figure it out. Right. Right. And I mean, that's usually I'm quick to react also. Like, I don't know. Okay. Oh my God. I have to get this done. I don't know. I don't know. So I think that, um, just knowing I've learned a lot about myself and what I need in having somebody like you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as far as our relationship goes, I feel, I sometimes feel like, Oh, I'm giving him too many things to do. And then I don't, and then I feel disorganized also. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, just organize me. Just tell me what to do. I'm a very good listener. I'm a very good, you're like, okay, you got this, 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 and this. So any of you who do not have a virtual assistant, I'm not giving you Seth, but um, (laughs) you should have one. And if you don't know what one is, it just means that they're not by your side. They're not like, they're not boots on the ground next to you. Sometimes you do need boots on the ground. There are some jobs that you do. Yeah. And I think that if you need, if you're not a technical person, or if you just need an extra pair of hands, I think having somebody help you is really, really important. And I think, you know, also it gives you that time, the whole idea behind having somebody like you and you doing what you do is that it gives you the freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Gives you the freedom to be with your family, to, not leave your home unless you want to, when you need to. And for me, it helps to organize me and it just makes everything easier. 
yeah. just doing business this way. I will say this because if I don't and Lorna will get mad. Okay. If you are looking for a virtual assistant, though, you might not be able to grab me, but hey, you should check out Moonstone Virtual <laughs> Assistants. Uh, Lorna would plug. And so uh, just real quick, throw that in there. But. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so what has it been like to work with me? I think it is. Do you think been, I'm funny? Do you think I'm funny? I think you're pretty funny. Yes. You do? Like <laughs> laughing at me or you think the things that I no, say I don't could laugh be at funny? You. No, okay. I don't laugh at you. Okay. No. no. Uh, uh, oh gosh, I just had Uh-oh. so many mean jokes come into my head right there. I'm like, oh, you don't no. laugh, like, you know, you don't laugh at old people when they fall downstairs and stuff, Jody. You don't do that. It's not nice to laugh at old I people, do. Jody. Laugh. I do laugh at those things. They like got to get up fall. first. They got to get up first. I, I wouldn't laugh at a real old person, but like if oh, I okay. saw it on like a video, sure. those are the I've things that see. I laugh at. Well, I love watching people fall down. Like every Friday night, me and my kids will watch like, essentially we watch America's Funniest Home Videos, but we just watch it on YouTube. And, but I visited too many old people in the hospital. I got to see oh. them. I got to see them stand up and oh. then I can be okay with oh. it. Oh, oh my but, God. Okay. So what gets you to laugh more? Is it? actually seeing somebody fall or is it like the sound that they make when they're falling? Cause my wife, Kayla, it's the sound. It can like, if she's watching a video and somebody's yelling in like German or something in it, it, she loses it. That's her. I, I think that, I mean, look, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Of course. So not. I just think like, a, like a guffaw, <laughs> a <laughs> guffaw fall. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the act of the falling. It's not necessarily what they're saying and I'll laugh and I'll, I'll like, it will just make me laugh. Those are the things that make me laugh out loud. And it's not, it's okay. I'll tell you a funny story. So when I, when I was married, my ex-husband, um, he had veneers in front because Mm -hmm. he, um, played baseball or someone hit him in the face with baseball. Ouch. So he had to get veneers at a young age and his, we were eating dinner with my mom and his teeth fell out and mm-hmm. he was like in his thirties. And I laughed so hard. I, it, he was like, he couldn't do anything about it. my mother was like looking at me and going, Jody, stop, stop. This is your <laughs> husband. Like, stop, stop. And I said, I can't, I can't stop. I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> and then he had to go to court the next day because he was an attorney and he's just like, I can't do this. I'm going to have to walk around like this. I thought that was really funny. So how That's, long had, how long had you been married? Do you think when that happened? Oh, I think we had two children. No, 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 no. Okay. I was like, that's a late. We were probably married for like eight years or something like that. That's a later. That's a later thing. Yeah. It couldn't couldn't be at the beginning at all. I'll laugh at Kayla falling down pretty much. That's really mean. That's really, really mean. Actually, I'll laugh at my husband falling too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. As long as they don't get really, really hurt. Yes. Well, especially if they don't get hurt, because then I'm going to have to do all kinds of stuff. We have to make sure. So this is the last question I have for you, unless okay. you have another question for I me. I got another have, question have, for we you. We have three minutes left. We got three minutes left? Okay. We have three minutes left. Well, I just want to know real quick. So when you were a little kid, Jody, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Wow, nobody's ever asked me that question. Never? I don't think so. Maybe my mother asked me that a long time ago. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted for a while. I wanted to be a stripper, like in a cage. 
how young were you when you wanted to be a stripper in a case? Like in, in college. Okay. All right. <laughs> Not like seven year old. Well, maybe, maybe in my forties too. Maybe in my forties well, too. I believe after that my too. Divorce. Um, maybe We're now even. Still. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. But I wanted to be like a, a da- not a stripper necessarily, but a dancer in a cage like a where nobody dancer? could touch me. Right. Like where you're elevated, hanging from the ceiling yeah. and you're just enter- you're entertaining people. Um, and then, so I've always wanted to be a dancer. So I did dance for 12 years mm. and then I stopped dancing and became a cheerleader. And then I rode crew and then I, I was working out. So that's where that whole thing started. But I love to dance. I'll dance anywhere. If I dance to me, dancing is like sex. Sorry, um, Seth, because I know I have three children. Jody. <laughs> so, I know what sex is. All okay. Right? So I, I, I edit think... all your podcasts. I know <laughs> <Right>. what sex. <laughs> is. So it's just like that release. It's that serotonin, oxytoxin, whatever it is. I can never say it. So it's not oxycotton. It's that oxytocin. It's that the dopamine. Stuff. It's the dopamine. It's the dopamine. Mm. So I love to dance. And so that's what I would have become if I could have been. So I have, you know, again, I grew up Jewish. My daughters had bat mitzvahs. We had dancers at their bat mitzvahs. Sure. And I wanted to be like the dancer at the bat mitzvah. So that's. There you go. That's I wanted I to be an, an astronaut. And then I realized you have to be really smart and in really good shape. And I was like, well, let's find something else. How tall are you? I am 5'10". Okay. I'm the second shortest person in my family. My okay. wife is taller than me. My sister-in-law is taller than I, me. I thought she was tall. I thought Kayla might yes. have been taller than you. Only by a little bit, but okay. I'm sure I'll catch her when she starts shrinking. <laughs> Stop it. Don't be so mean. <laughs> All right. So the last question I have for you mm-hmm. is what does it mean for you to live a fearlessly authentic life? I think being honest with yourself, you've got to be honest. And there's a lot of things that can be improved in myself. And I've got to be honest about those things. Um as well as honest about all the, the real thing, the good things too. And when I can take those things to get in the bad and then you have, you know, the facts of life, Jody. So I think that it's living those things out and not being mm-hmm. afraid of them, mm-hmm. not being afraid of them. All of not it. Being afraid. Yeah. Taking it on facts of life, life as it is and not being afraid. All right. Well, you'll have to think about this when you're editing this video and let me know what you think of your answer. I liked it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be you. like, I'll think of four better <laughs> answers before the next time before I edit. It. I'm sure. Well, Seth, I'm so happy we were able to do this. Yes. Like we've been talking about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And maybe next time we'll do this with some stand up and some more comedy. Okay. That sounds like a plan. And thank you so much for helping me keep my life organized. You're I really so appreciate it. And, um, I'll I'll probably talk to you in a few minutes. Yes, I'm sure you will. And And I look forward to it. Thank you. And for those of you listening today, I hope you enjoyed the show. And until next week, go and have a fearlessly authentic week. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.
On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off.